0: Fatality Fitness Podcast, covering everything from fitness, health, and nutrition, with your host Matthew Smiley, covering top topics and answering all your fitness Q and A's with featured guests. Hello
1: and welcome to the Fatality Fitness Podcast. I'm Matthew Smiley, and on this episode, I've got special guest Dale Burke. Dale Burke is a personal trainer uh, in Glasgow and works as part of the MTN kind of coaching online uh, community, we would call it, um, collective, so there's a collective of personal trainers who all work online together and promote kind of mindfulness, um, training and nutrition. So Dale, for people that don't know you, tell us a bit about yourself.
0: How you doing mate? Um, I am, as you said, I'm an online coach, I currently am a one-to-one personal trainer and I work out of a gym called Commando Expert. It's a privately run gym. Um, and, yeah, I've coached a wide variety of clients from fat loss to male muscle building to strength and performance. I've actually had massive achievement with drastic fat loss as well, with working with a online client, losing up to like 81 pounds as well. Never even met the guy and all through the power of online coaching. But, yeah, just a just a positive kind of young coach say young, 28 years of age, but um, new on the scene pretty much. Uh, I've only been in the industry for maybe around about two years. Um, we're just pushing on two years. Uh, and I was a joiner beforehand. So I was a joiner for about 10 years before I came came on board. So, yeah, absolutely love it.
1: Let's talk about how you progressed. So how did you go from, or what, what, what made you want to get fit, any fitness from, a joiner into full time personal trainer and online coach?
0: Um right. Well I think it kinda all of started from I think, the same kind of generic answer for, for a lot of people who started training. Um in the first place was the fact that either it was a sport for me it was playing football I went from playing boys football to uh, trying to play junior but I was ball at the side of a fiver so as you can imagine I was getting flung <laughs> about by these grown men and I thought it was time to start training I actually started training pretty late compared to most people um, I started going to the gym and stuff like that at about the age of 20, 21. And there there on out, I actually just fell in love with the full process of having control of what I was doing, seeing the the aspect of being able to see my body change, performance increasing, and that was all done through me and what I'd done. Um, and I generally came pretty obsessed with it <laughs> to, to an extent where it was just constantly just researching everything, trial and error with a lot, a lot of things for a number of years, um, just through myself and, like, with my mates. And then I kind of started falling in love with the kind of coaching process of things where people were asking me questions, and I soon found that I had the answers for these questions. Uh, And I actually enjoy giving the answers and the full coaching aspect of that. And then, um, as I say, I was a joiner, but I just didn't really feel like I didn't hate my job, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I actually quite enjoyed my job as a joiner, but I just didn't feel a sense of, I don't know, fulfilment almost. I didn't feel like it's something that I wanted to do for a long period of time. Um, and it was just one of the things where I knew I had something. I knew I, had, I was onto something with this whole coaching thing and the whole nutrition side of things. I knew a lot of, of stuff about it. And I knew my knowledge was quite good. And I felt... There came a point in my life where I think we'll touch on that as well. Um, where my mental health started to suffer a little bit, and the the whole aspect of training itself and eating better, training like in a, a continuous fashion, and having structure gave me a lifeline. Um, and it almost kind of pushed me to think, right, well, if I can do this for myself, then if I'm able to bring this for. Someone else, then that's definitely something that I want to be doing, and it just kind of pushed me towards that. And I knew that was something that I had to go down, and I knew I couldn't let that go by me. So I just kind of worked hard with that. Um, It was in a case of getting from being a joiner to actually being a coach was a it was a long gruelling process. To be honest with you, wasn't it just a flicky a switch, and it wasn't just like something that you see an overnight success with people some people might think um it was a case of building up a slow clientele base working two jobs like literally i was there was a point that i was getting up at half past six or six in the morning i know that's like normal for me and yourself right now but with working Worth, worth working two jobs. I was getting up at six in the morning. I didn't start my normal job, my joiner job till eight. Um I was writing content out, then I was being at the being at the gym for half past six or seven o'clock, taking a client, taking my gym my 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 work van to the gym, taking a client for six until seven or seven till eight, getting in my van, driving to work, doing my work from four till eight, then coming home, having something to eat quickly, jumping straight into the gym and taking clients from half half past four or five o'clock all the way right through to nine o'clock once things started to pick up so it was it was a definitely long gruelling process of long long days and then it kind of got to a point where as I say if I was getting enough um, clientele base where the diary was full up with the hours that I had I knew it was kind of time to make the jump and just kind of go for it and yeah. then as soon as I'd done that, I started snowballing, as some people might do say. You, and Do
1: you think that shows how much you wanted it, is that you were willing to get up earlier and put the work into the content and then obviously take your stuff to, after obviously doing the joiner shift and then going straight to the gym to, to train people? Do you show that, kind of show you that maybe I do want to do it's, this? It's, it's,
0: it's kind of, It kind of showed me the fact that I was getting paid for it. And at the time, it was like something that I've always, it was just a kind of dream in my head, do you know what I mean, it was like I, obviously before all this I kind of missed out because I didn't want to bore you with the show I went and done the college course, yada 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 I invested money into that, and it was just a box standard um kind of personal training course, it was a, a few grand and again like as you know yourself, I'm not actually that fantastic of courses do you know what I mean, it's like oh, do this, do that and then you can kind even of get flung and left to your own devices but um from that I think it was when when I was doing actually coming up to the gym and coaching a client, like it just gave me this ultimate buzz. The fact that I was driving in my work van to go to the gym to train somebody and I was getting paid for it, I was like, I cannot believe this is actually happening. Like This is it's, it's like a, a dream of mine almost, and it was a proper euphoric feeling driving to work. Um, and I'm like, I could definitely get used to this. Because I, I was literally shooting it up out of bed at six in the morning. I was like, because oh, I, I, I wanted to do it. Know what I mean, I'd be, I'd be excited to go and take that one that one client in the morning and then, then go about my day. And then I was coming back, even though I was tired and hungry and all that sort of stuff. But I was there and I, and, and I coached the absolute hell out of every single client that comes into the gym. And I loved it. I just honestly, like, it didn't even feel like work to me. That's, uh, the, that's the way it was. Because the
1: thing is, if you wanted the uh, for money, then you would obviously just do homers as a joiner. So obviously, it that's shows that. you that the drive was there to go and do yeah. it. The personal training. Yeah. So we're going to dive in and talk about mental health. Before we do, me and Dale obviously we're not we're not saying we're experts in this field. We're yeah. just talking about our own experiences and people that we've maybe dealt with. We advise that if anybody is dealing with kind of mental health to to seek advice, or if you just want to speak to someone, me and Dale are always here for support. So yeah, hundred percent to show that to As people. You said
0: yeah i think as you said as well it's like we'll definitely I'm, I'm no expert 100 percent not an expert but um I, as you said like we've been through stuff on our own i've been through, um what I, the advice i'm given is all based off of my own experience and all based off of my own opinion and um, not every single person will agree with it and um, there's, there's diff- as you say there's maybe different situations for different people but this is all based off of my experience and, and my own opinion and I, as uh, Matthew said I think if you do it, deal with um, bad mental health definitely seek some professional help first yep. and obviously listen to this podcast because it could definitely help you
1: that's the that's plan anyway obviously it includes emotional and psychology well being but it can affect how you feel, how you act how you handle stress, how you react to others. So, before we dive in, let's talk about your experience with mental health and how or what methods you've used to kind of deal with it.
0: Right. Um. Well, uh, my mental health has always been anxiety. Um. And again, from the majority of people who get anxiety, uh, I think everybody does. Uh, like you get anxiety when you go to the dentist to get your teeth taken out. Like you're sitting there and you're sitting feeling of anxiousness. Um, but for me my trigger ended up being a fact of there was a, a time in my life where I was dealing with a lot of pressure. A lot of my, my anxiety stemmed from anger. I had a lot of anger issues. Um, I don't really I'll not really i will not i know I don't know, know bore why I was getting anger issues. It's just one of those things I just had I just had. Uh, and it came to a point where it was like I, I took one of my mates in um, Living in my house and and my bedroom was (laughs) about no, I'm not even kidding, maybe like seven by seven, so it was tiny, right? And and my mate was six foot two, so you can see things filled up relatively quickly. Um, (laughs) And this kind of fueled into that of not getting time for myself, Um, anger was getting more and more short, short fuse, and then it became a lot put a lot of strain on my current relationship at the time, yada yada yada, that fell through, and the relationship. Was a bad breakup, <laughs> and that was the one that kind of triggered, triggered everything, and it kind of started spiralling from there. Um, from anyone who's had anxiety, I've I've went through the full. Mine's wasn't really social. Um, it didn't. It wasn't really a point because you get a lot of different types of anxiety where you'd feel like you feel anxious and get anxiety attacks when you're in crowds and you don't want to go outside. I was I was quite fine with that, but mine was more of. Um, panic attacks, uh, the feeling of of dread for literally no reason, and this was long after, long after the relationship and stuff like that. Um, when I kind of came to realizing, right, I'm I'm way over this now. So why the hell am I still feeling like this? Do you know what I mean? Like why am I still feeling these feelings of of dread for absolutely no reason? Like I, I like I'll tell you a story. I can remember. Uh, just like a few times where I would just be driving in my my work van or sitting in my car, just driving, sitting in traffic. And next thing you know, you're listening to music, having quite the time, singing away. And next thing you know, it's just a boom. And you're getting this automatic feeling of dread for no apparent reason. And the best way I can probably describe that would be if you can imagine that you're driving to go get your teeth every single while and ripped to it without any ana- anaesthetic or anything like that, picture that ten times worse for no reason <laughs> whatsoever. And I think the most difficult thing that I ever struggled with with that was I no I no longer had that thing to point my finger on. I had no, I couldn't. I had no other reason to go. Oh, I'm feeling this way because I of like, my bad breakup. I like blame um, on yep. I, you couldn't, you couldn't pinpoint something. Or like, as you say, as I said there, like a few. Oh, I'm feeling anxious and I'm, I'm, I feel panicky because I'm going to go get my teeth stripped out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's it, it was coming from nothing, and I think that can play a lot. And that, and that's that's what, kind of puts you into this kind of feedback feedback loop from hell. Uh, and it's something that I read in probably one of the most interesting books that I've ever read. Um, and one that kind of genuinely changed the way I started looking at my mental health was The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck from Mark Manson. Um, and, and he speaks about the feedback loop from hell. And it's like where you start to overthink about overthinking. And you're like, oh, I'm going to have this. I'm going to have a good day and then oh but what if my anxiety comes in but then you start worrying about worrying and then you worry about worrying about worrying about worrying right. <laughs> it's like um, that's constant, constant hey right. feed look back mm-hmm. and it's just feedback look feedback look feedback look and it just constantly runs through your mind and it just feels like your mind's a hundred mile an hour and that's what mine was constantly like it was like a sense of don't know, like fuzziness almost. So if you like, picture like a bad hangover and you wake up and you've got that kind of zzz, and everything's kind of fuzzy and it's, it was like that on a day-to-day basis sometimes and it was it was generally horrific and I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy feeling like that every single day. Um, and, and, it, and it stemmed to a lot of other things like sleep and your sleep's taking a massive effect and us being in the fitness industry to know how important sleep is. Uh, and it's it's very, it's very very difficult and it's going back to that feedback of hell of thinking, oh no, it's coming to time to go to bed. Well, it's something that should be naturally enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It should be something that you should be going to bed and you should be enjoying. And, oh, thank God, long day, get relaxed, now go to sleep. Mm-hmm. This was a, a point in my life where I was like, I cannot, I don't I Generally, I don't want to be. I do to bed. I don't want to, be, to be sleep because I'm just going to sit there. I'm going to be sitting. My mind's going to be hundred miles an hour. I can't concentrate on eating. It'd be boom, 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 boom. Literally, kind of concentrating on one thing for more than a split second. It, it comes
1: to, to that kind of compound effect as well. As like if you're worrying about sleeping, not getting the sleep, then your next day is affected on everything. It's just a. Sno- it's kind of a snowball effect for there. As you were talking about yeah. the f- feedback loop, it's just. Uh, a negative feedback looking constantly, constantly feeding yourself that negativity. So let's talk about ways that you've kind of dealt with it.
0: um so the first the first thing that I would always say, right, and, and it's the first thing that that I started to realise was you have to accept the fact that something's going on. Right? The, the, the fact you need to accept the fact that there's something happening to you. You can't just bury your head in the sand and think, oh, it's fine, everything's it, alright. It's no, right, you're feeling a certain way because certain things happening. Either that is subconsciously or you have exactly what I had, I what a lot of people had, it's either depression or you've got anxiety. The fact that you're thinking, especially from young males um, or even just young people in general, it's, you don't want to feel like a sign of weakness thinking, oh, I, I, I've got anxiety. Do you know what I mean? You don't want to think that, but you need, that's the first step that you have to take is well, right, fine. I need to accept the fact that something's happening here. So what can I do right now that's going to be able to figure out how I'm going to be able to, to change this and how I can... I don't st- even change it, just how can I start to deal with this better on a daily basis because I do not want to feel like this any more longer. I, I don't s- want to feel like I'd it. I'd
1: definitely say that was my problem, is that I never dealt with it in a way. So I found, yeah. out, so I found out about 16 years of age that my dad had um, lung cancer. So rather than me accepting it and trying to deal with it, I would try and mask it with going out and partying and, and drinking and taking drugs and going down the, the right path, the wrong path, and then got to a stage where I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, so I need to either sort my life out and and spend the time that I've got left with my, my father before he passes away. So that's just a way not to deal with it. Yeah. And and I, I think
0: we'll probably touch on that after we've run through what we actually what the best way to deal with it first yep. Um, I think as I say definitely accepting the fact that something's going on um, and and secondly is as you said trying to speak to somebody and I know it can be difficult I, I, it's a strange and very fr- frosty touchy subject for a lot of people because again you don't want to feel the way you're feeling you don't quite understand it and it, you feel that know a lot of people will understand it especially if somebody who hasn't gone through it or hasn't gone through this kind of mental health of anxiety or depression or anything like that you you know for a fact they're not going to get it because you hardly understand it and if you're trying to explain that to somebody that has never dealt with that then it's very difficult you don't want to become a burden almost and that's the way a lot of people that's the way i felt especially um but a problem shared is a problem halved do you know what i mean so you need to you need to open up and you need to let that out because if you're holding that in and you're constantly having that mental battle with yourself every single fucking day, you're waking up and you're having that mental battle with yourself, you need to speak to somebody about You just need to let it off. You just need to blow it. It's like waiting. Like If you're feeling raging or you're, something's stressing you out, you know, you know for a fact how instantly better you feel when you share that problem with somebody else. Yeah. If something's stressing you with work, if something else like you're just having about your shitty day, and you share that with somebody, you instantly feel better.
1: Just builds up if you don't, doesn't it?
0: Exactly. So don't feel. Don't if anybody's listening is you're going through it. You've not actually spoke to anybody yet because you think, "Fuck, I don't really know what what the reaction would be." You don't might like feel like a burden. See, the thing is, you don't know who's got who's going through what. Like it, they could be in the exact same position as you and the fact that they're going, I don't want to tell anybody this because I, I, they'll not understand, I feel like a burden, or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Say you open up to somebody and they go, oh, my God, mate, I, I feel the exact fucking same. And then it's a perfect harmony and the two of you can help each other out. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it, it's it's massively important whether that is a professional, whether that is a close relative, somebody that you trust, or even, even somebody that you don't trust and you know who, is went through it and, you know, you can relate. Like somebody to myself, I've got a lot of people that's came up and, and opened up to me after that I've posted um, my mental health post and spoke about my, my my mental health. And this is one thing that I feel why I can't speak the way I speak about it right now. I mean, I'm speaking to you on a podcast about it. And the more you do it, the better you get, you become it and the better you accept it. And the fact that the more you learn to live with it, um, because in my opinion, I don't think it ever, ever does go away. Mm-hmm. I, in my opinion, I don't, I, I still deal with it, I just find better ways to deal with it. I control it. it? Um, and I know how to control it. It's it's one of the things, I think it's definitely something that will always stay there, and I think the more you speak about it, the better you become of dealing with it, and the more open you can be, then you feel a sense of achievement when you start to help somebody else they can relate to you, and it's literally like that, that sense of, relatability is massive when it comes to mental health because I, I generally remember i was listening to the radio one day driving down driving i don't know what the hell i was driving but um and it and was on the radio and they were speaking about mental health and there was these different people coming on and they were being open about it and they were saying these things and i'm like I, thought, I I know exactly what you're talking about like I get I know exactly what you're saying I know what you're saying it didn't like to make people maybe sound like mumble jumbo but I was like I know exactly how you're feeling and I generally like I nearly started greeting because I felt like oh my god I'm not the only maniac here mm-hmm. do you know what I mean I'm not the only mad person that's going through all this sort of stuff because you're not alone that's the thing never ever think you're alone um so definitely speaking to somebody is going to definitely help you with that, and and being able to be a bit more open about things is going to be hell of a lot better for your situation.
1: Why why do you feel that now that it's becoming
0: more popular in younger males? Um, I think, I th- I think it's not just young males. I think it's just this generation. Okay. Uh, for me, I think we are the most connected. Humans uh, and the whole of the human existence. The most connected we've ever, ever been. Ever. Period. So, we constantly see this stream of looking th- at the perfect life. We see these highlight reels. We we see people having the perfect life get bigger. And I, I think it's a lot of pressure for a lot of young people, and a lot of, not even young people, just the average day person, like, if you're not, like right now, in this current situation, we're going through, with COVID, if you're not being productive, you feel an absolute piece of shit, Mm -hmm. if you feel it, and you're seeing, you feel it, you're seeing everybody else, and then so, being so productive, and working out six times a week, and you've just sat there, and smashed a packet of Pringles, down your throat, and watching the six series, Game of Thrones on Netflix, you're probably, sitting thinking to yourself, going, fuck, I'm an absolute waste of space here. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's a lot to deal with pressure with young people these days. And I think that's why it's very, very out there now, because we are more connected. There is more people talking about it. There is more pressures to deal with looking and being jacked, having the most money, having the perfect relationship, having the cars, having the house, being productive, having the most money in business. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, there's a lot, a lot of pressures in there, uh, and I think that can be a massive trigger for a lot of people.
1: Even the things we like, school kids, it used to be, like, if, if, if me and you were getting bullied at school, we could leave school and go home, and then that would... Not that you forget about it, but you can kind of switch off away from it, and then now with the kind of social media kind of thing, a mm-hmm. lot of people are getting bullied, never mind being at school, so that, like, you can't get away from it, in a way. Yeah, I feel
0: and I feel like a lot of people like especially older generation they would be like oh just come off the internet <laughs> just come off social media Like, and I get that like that that can work but especially for younger kids like that's that's the world that we live in now like that is that is life for them like social media snapchat instagram tiktok that is what is fun to do now like and if you're not a part of that you feel left out and then that can even then spiral into something else of feeling oh i feeling left out and then that's then that's adding another part of like maybe triggering like anxiety, depression because you've That's got that, that fear of missing out and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Definitely.
1: Um, so let's talk. I want to talk about labels. So if you're labelling yourself, son, it was actually something you spoke about on the other podcast, and we were talking about how labelling yourself as something can physically can mentally be challenging as well. Like the the the, the example that you used was training. Some guy who was slightly overweight and people calling him big man and how that can mentally kind of affect you in a way. But yeah. obviously you can do it with kind of mental health if you're saying, "Oh, I'm depressed. I'm depressed." It's kind of labelling yourself. Um,
0: exactly, mate. That's, it's things, that's a, it's a massive lab- point.
1: Labels can be damaging as well. It was actually a yeah. bit in the. It was a bit. I can't remember if it was this book or The Power of Habit. So there's a, a a woman who's trying to stop smoking, and she goes over to the smokers' bit, and then somebody offers a cigarette. Now, if she turns around and says, uh, "I don't smoke," then she won't get offered the cigarette. But if the if she actually replied and says, "I'm trying to stop," yeah. then she's already putting that self doubt in her head.
0: Yeah, she's already kind of labelling herself as like I'm a smoker, but I'm trying to stop. But I'm trying to stop. Instead, instead of saying associating herself with being a non-smoker. Yeah, I think that was. I think that was. I think that's an atomic habits. Is it atomic? Think, yeah, I, wasn't I think. Sure. I think so. Um, but it's definitely like I'm. I'm currently writing a project just now. It's based on this real topic that we're speaking about. So. Hopefully by the end of this, the this COVID, they'll be able to release it and get this out to a lot of people. But this is one of the points that I touch on in there, and that's association and labelling yourself with things like, if, if at this point of view, being being the party guy or being the big man, or but bi- like big big deal. If I was big heavy, yeah. like big mm-hmm. big something, big name, big this that that, that yada yada. Like or the party guy or the guy goes to the football and gets mad at you all the time and like all that sort of stuff. Like just labelling yourself is then just making you feel associated with that, what everybody sees you as.
1: Yeah.
0: And the exact same when it comes to your mental health. And it was I was actually my misses that taught me this kind of lesson. I don't even think she probably knows she probably doesn't even know that she's done that. <laughs> um, and and it, it was like con- it was probably it was constantly because I was associating myself with my anxiety all the time and as 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 good as uh, as to speak and accept the fact that you have something going on. You need to understand, right, okay, you've accepted the fact, but you can't associate every single aspect of your life with that. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to your mental health especially, like, don't constantly use the word anxiety all the time. Oh, I can't do this because I've got my anxiety will be round round up. I can't, I won't be able to go to that place because my anxiety will be here. My anxiety, my anxiety, that key word saying my, 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 my. my. You're associating that word with you. Instead of associating it with that word, just... Accept the fact of that, but even just taking that word out of your vocabulary is going to help with you massively, and it will start to make that mental shift of you taking yourself away from that aspect where you used to hold yourself as something like my anxiety or the big, the big fat guy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it, once you start to disconnect away from that, then you can start to give a better self of self.
1: Definitely. Let's uh let's dive in. So we're talking about habits. I mean, me Dale have been going back and forward, kind of on social media about habits, because it's something that we both kind of shown quite a big interest in recently. Um, obviously after reading the kind of Atomic Habits, if you've not listened to well or read the Atomic Habits or the yep. power, the power of habit, which is another good one, um, I would advise to go and read into them or listen to them. So a habit yep. a habit is a behaviour that we repeat regular, that it that tends to occur sub, uh, subconsciously. So the cue, routine and reward is what they use in yep. the power of habit. In atomic habit, they go a wee bit further, they do cue, craving, response and reward. So yep. we'll talk about how to adapt new habits or any that you've adapted over the years and then obviously any that you've kind of adapted recently since lockdown so to what they're saying is when they adapt a new habit is the cue needs to be obvious the craving needs to be attractive the response needs to be easy and the reward needs to be satisfying and that's Mm -hmm. how we adapt a new habit
0: Yeah, I think with well one of the the main ones for me um, even now I've used it for years um and more so the past few weeks with, with this uh, and and especially when i've been when i've been writing a lot recently for my new project that i'm doing and it's one thing it's called um well, I, well a few people call it brain dumping and it's just the fact of especially when you do struggle with a lot of anxiety and you're the one thing you struggle with is keeping your thoughts together and you've got all these things running through your mind so putting pen to paper and just literally brain dumping, it doesn't need to, it's no to-do list, I'm just meaning put thoughts on paper, Well, that could be a journal, that could be things things that you need to do around the house, just everything that you need to get done, or whatever it is, just brain dump it all onto a bit of paper, and just go through that, and just trying to get used to that, of brain dumping first, and then turn that into something like a to-do list and that is generally something that i do every single day. like every morning right now i've got a whiteboard yeah. i write a to-do list
1: i guess it allows you to be more productive and stop procrastinating and, and get the tasks that you need to do and plus obviously just, the kind of yeah, routine, just, your routine and structure in your day as well especially in exactly. this time period there
0: yeah, exactly. That's the main thing for me. I think it's giving me structure. Um and I think for a lot of people it gives it gives you structure for any to do list. Um and another another thing I, I probably I've touched on as well, and it was something that Jamie Alterman, Altered alter I can't say his second name. Jamie Altered altered I can't say that second <laughs> name. <Hey>, Jamie <laughs> There you go. That's the one. Right. Um, And he was speaking about it, and it was the minimum effective dose. I've been using this quite recently. Uh, And pretty much what that is, is when you start to adopt a habit of writing a to-do list, which is great, right? And that is um, something that you can then, it's very simple to do. It's first thing in the morning. As soon as you get up and you're prioritizing stuff, and then the reward is enjoyable, as you said is going to be, once you've done that, you're getting that sense of achievement. Now, one thing that I started to notice was I started writing the to-do list, but then I started writing the to-do list the length of my fucking arm. Mm-hmm. So when I was writing a to-do list the length of my arm, it ended up becoming unrealistic. It wasn't specific. Um, it wasn't something that, as I say, was realistic. I would write everything down and go right and and get through this. And I was trying to compress probably about a week's worth of work one into one day. day.
1: Never going and then
0: when i when i've done that with one day i kind of and i didn't get through it i got some of the things done that i had to get done but then when i done only like maybe four or five tasks off it and i had like eight more to do i'm like fuck fail your day. I've, I've that's an absolute nightmare of a day so what jamie was speaking about was the minimum effective dose so instead of trying to compress everything pick five to six things that you need to do that day Spec- be specific on what they are and that's what they speak about in at Atomic Habits as well you need to be specific like it's no, no good just going I'm gonna I'm gonna eat a bit better I mean that's that's good but let's be a wee bit more specific or I'm gonna work out that's, that's fine it's cool you're gonna work out but what you're gonna do what, are you, what, are you, what kind of workout you're gonna do be specific I'm gonna work out at in the living room at 2 o'clock and train legs yeah. for an hour so it's specific, you know where the time is, you know where the place is, you know how long for, and you know exactly what you're doing in that in that place and that for that subject. Um, and the minimal effective dose works is because you prioritise that. It's gonna be maybe five things that you prioritise. And when you think about it, right, let's take working out for example. If you if you commit yourself or you overly commit to saying, right, I'm gonna train six days this week. And you only train four, you're going to feel like a failure because you've went um you've got overcommitted yourself to training six.
1: That's because you're but, uh, making the habit too hard as well, yeah That's when we need to start looking at that kind of as you say. That's like you need to minify it before you can maximize
0: it. Yeah. So if you then go instead of doing six workouts, let's say I'm going to work out three times this week. I'm going to work out in an the love room and I'm going to do yada yada yada, whatever your workout may be. See you majority of the time you train four weeks four days a week anyway you, you're you then over delivered for yourself the results the exact same but you can I can guarantee you will feel a lot better when you over deliver yourself from committing to three sessions and you do four you're going to feel that you've achieved something instead know. of over committing and doing six and only getting four done the results are the exact same but you'll feel a hell of a lot better when you when you over the for yourself, it's
1: kind of what we were talking about with the kind of five with the five k. Everybody's like, right, I'm going to do a five k this week. I'm going to do a five k this week. But <laughs> you know they're going for life. <laughs> I know, I know, and that's a the thing. They're going for the couch to try and do a five k. Now, if if they went out every day and actually run a, a just ran a kilometer, they would have done seven in the week. So they would have done exactly. two kilometers more. We're doing it exactly. every day.
0: Yep. And I so, think that's that's something that speaks about anatomic habits as well. And it was the if you just start improving by one percent each day, if at the start of the year you're able to put, improve one percent each day, you'll be thirty-seven times better off than what you are at the start of the year, and that's one percent. Right. And it could be, and and, and when it comes to you trying to improve like habits and stuff, it doesn't even need to be registerable. It doesn't even need, you might not even notice it. Like as you said, if you got up and walked a kilometre, it might not be that long or that far. You probably do that going to the show some people. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But I like brushing your teeth. Brushing your teeth once isn't going to give you a Hollywood smile. But the consistent process of doing that 1% every single day leads you to having a nice white smile, or it leads you to be building up. Like, as you said, you start off with one-kilometer run. Uh, the next day, you're doing a one-kilometer run every single day. You've done two kilometers more than yeah, what you would have done if you yeah. tried to just absolutely cane it for 5K. The first day, and then your knees are absolutely short. Do you know what I mean? So it's that improving by 1% can make massive, massive changes. Minimal effective dose, small, small changes can create massive, massive outcomes.
1: I took this other bit out of the book. So your outcomes are a lagging measure of your habits. Your net worth is a lagging measure of your financial habits. Your weight is a lagging measure of your eating habits. Your mm-hmm. knowledge is a lagging measure of your learning habits and your clutter is a lagging measure of your cleaning habits. So you get what you repeat. So if you look at it from a good point of view, so good habits, so your net worth, if you save a wee bit every day, by the end of the year you've saved a good bit of money. Now if you were a millionaire and you spent more than you earn, then you're going to end up with bad habits, spending, overspending financial habits. Your weight, Obviously, as a lagging measure of your eating habits. Obviously, the more crap food or over-consuming, you're going to gain weight. So that's a bad one. And then a the good way would be reducing your calories, eating healthier. You're going to reduce your weight. Your knowledge. Yeah. So, learning. Uh. Obviously, learning, reading books. If I pick up a book tonight, I'm not going to be a genius. And and I. But in a year's time, I can pick up things from books. And and obviously, we always listen to the. Kind of atomic habits, or Sally. the power habit we've picked up, kind of stuff over the the time of just l- listening to that book, and your cleaning habits. Obviously, the more you get into a habit of cleaning, it's a good habit. You're going to end up with a cleaner environment, or if you're mm-hmm. untidy, you're then going to end up with that clutter, and that's just yep. over time as well, accumulate.
0: Definitely, mm-hmm. that's it. And I think it's um, what you what you were saying about just again, just those. Like improving one percent in one way and improving one percent the other way, so positive and negative, they all have that some sort of domino effect. And I've spoken about that before on my social media. It's like when it comes to um everything kind of living in harmony. Like if you're able, if when it comes to your physique, if you improve your exercise by one percent and nutrition one percent, your sleep by one percent, your recovery by one percent, everything else starts to knock have that knock on effect. You improve your nutrition 1%, you probably work out a little bit better. Once you've worked out a little bit better, you probably recover a little bit, sleep a little bit better. Once you've slept a little bit better, you're recovering a little bit better. And it's that full kind of process of the domino effect, and it's that improving by 1%, where everything just starts to kind of snowball forward in the right direction. But it's very, very easy to get that misconstrued. And Go the opposite. That, wa- that one wee biscuit that you had it's not going to have a massive difference. It's not going to make a massive effect to your day-to-day life. But if you do that one wee biscuit every single day, that's going to eventually accumulate up to a big amount of calories by the end of the week. And then that could be that biscuit that's overshot that your calories for that week and you're now no longer in a calorie deficit to lose fat. So you're now in... A maintenance or a, a calorie surplus and this is same when it comes to your sleep and your recovery if you're not sleeping well i might not be it might be all right for that one day but if you keep, you keep continuing in that negative habit going in the opposite direction then quickly you'll soon see that everything else will start to knock on knock on knock on that will have effect on your nutrition then it will have effect on your your performance in the gym then it will have effect on your physique then it will have effect on your mental health there's a lot of things that that when it comes to that 1%, and it's a very, very fine line where you can shift in the right direction or you can take that shift in the opposite direction. And it's very, very important that you notice that difference of, if you do make that mistake or you do make that one negative change to go, right, I fucked that up today. We're all good. Let's make that 1% improvement back the other Other way. way.
1: There's another thing he talks about as well. We'll talk about habit hacking, right? So... The cue for this one that he uses is that a guy comes in from the house, he puts on the T V and he's got associates with sitting on the couch we eating biscuits. So he's the the reward with that is the kinda sensation of uh serotonin when he eats the chocolate, right? So the other way that he talks about hacking it is rather than when you come in the house before you sit on the couch, have your gym bag sitting ready lift the gym bag, yep. go to the gym and get the same sensation uh, serotonin release when you have uh, at the gym for working out. So again, yep. you're getting that same cue, routine. So the routine's going to the gym rather than sitting on the couch and the reward is the serotonin release that you get from um, exercise yep. or instead of eating. And that, yeah, that I, really
0: think that I think that the, I think it was one of the other ones as well. I've actually told a few of my clients it was trying to be books especially when it comes to reading a book like for me i've i'm a terrible 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 reader but well, i'm getting a lot better now the more that i'm reading but i've uh, i think i'm well i've not been tested for dyslexia but i, I definitely do have that like it takes a lot for me to read and and let things sink in sometimes and it run over the same line about three or four times for it to actually register in my brain and uh, spelling stuff that's terrible but anyway the The more that i read the more that i was getting better so it is a difficult thing to fall into like enjoy reading mm-hmm. i never in my life thought i would ever say i actually enjoy reading because the amount that it's given me and the amount of value it's given me but but i've seen to my clients and i, and I learnt that for atomic habits as well and it's something as you said like leaving something there so if you're struggling you, you, you get the good intentions of all I've always gone, right, I know, yeah, right motivation, got, I'm going to read today, I'm going to read that book tonight. definitely, I'm going to read that book tonight. I'm going to read that book tonight. Boom, comes two of a and you go, shit, it's two of cloak, I'm in my bed, I'm up in six hours. Do you know what I mean? You go in, you go to your bed, you go to sleep, and you go, oh, I forgot all about that book. So what you can do with that book is then before you get up, once you get up in the morning, you make your bed, you get the book, you set the book in the middle of your pillow. And you know them when you get into bed. You see that book right in front of you. And you go right. It's a reminder All to right. go. Let's it read this book. It
1: comes back to the, the what you need for the habit. So it comes to cue. Make it obvious. Yeah. Make it attractive. So it might be yeah. that you do. Say you do it. Put it. Put the book out in your bed. First thing in the morning, you read two chapters, and then your reward is have a coffee. I mean, I know even we're watching your social media, I know that your reward for drinking a glass of water is to have a glass of coffee after it so yeah. there's so the cues there so that when you drink the glass of water your reward is to have caffeine and it might not be drinking that glass of water is going to change you in that day but over a time period you're getting more hydrated you're suppressing yeah. your hunger so yeah. you're just over a long period and it's that again it's that 1% again and it making these small changes and daily
0: yeah and and it's like that small change at the start of that day can set a lot of people up to to continue that small habit of drinking a pint of water every, every meal that they have. They're doing that very first thing as soon as they get up. That's setting you up for the day and going, right, well, that was that was easy. I can do that again when it comes to eating my lunch. I can drink a pint of water then, no problem. When it comes to eating my dinner, I can drink another pint of that, no problem. You go to the gym, you're drinking water anyway because you're absolutely blown at your backside so you're you're fueling that up so the see at the end of the day when you when you say to somebody i want you to drink three to four liters of water they go oh fuck do you mean three to four liters that's a lot of water but see if you get up and you drink half a liter already first thing in the morning before you even have your morning coffee you're half a liter down you do that twice that's a liter down that's that's nearly there do you know what i mean so it's it's a lot easier when you break it down into these small increments like that one percent you break that down you and over the accumulation of the week, it's going to amount up to probably more than what you actually thought, instead of just going right and going like, drink four litres of water, the no I go, uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because it would scuttle uh, you. Again, so. it's just
1: it's just setting the bar too high. too high. That? that seems to be what the problem is when people are uh, adjusting to new habits is they set the bar too high. It's another thing that he actually talks about in the book as he speaks about systems and not goals, so rather than focusing on the goal, so your goal may be lose free stone, but what it what you could do and change the system is a matter of just let's make your dinner a, a bit, bit better. Let's change your yep. dinner. So that just small change will accumulate towards that goal rather than focusing on the the main prize if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, that's it. Definitely. I totally get yeah, That's a massive point there. Um, and again, it kind of comes back to that full thing of if you, if you go through sitting the couch, stay gone, I'm going to do a 5k do you know what I mean? It's like, it's not, it's not going to happen. But you, it will happen, but you, you'll hate it and you'll never do one again. <laughs>
1: and that's the thing. It's like the same with the the, the habit, as we were saying, it's trying to get rid of The other way about of doing it is the reward, make it non-satisfying, the response, make it hard. The craving, yep. make it non-attractable. The cue, make it uh, invisible. Yeah. So if you're trying to get rid of a bad habit, if you leave, if you leave beer lying about the more tendency that you're going to drink it, that I mean mm-hmm. rather than if you yeah, just perfect. do. It. I'm not going like, to buy it.
0: Yeah, and it's exactly. like we say it to our clients all the time. Like, oh, I just can't stop eating chocolates in this. Right, well, don't buy the chocolate. Remove it. Don't yeah. don't have it there. Like, don't don't go to the shop and intensely buy a bar of chocolate and packs a crisps. Mm. Like, don't buy it. Like, if you don't have it in the house, you're not going to eat it. You probably go and still look for it, right enough. But you'll know you know about it because It's not there. That, so instead, replace it with something else. Like as you said. Don't look at... Those small changes is going to have a massive effect on your outcome and on that end goal that you want to be. You want to maybe lose that three kilo of weight or that three stone of weight, but you can't just wish for it and go, right, I'm going to make all these mad or drastic changes of I'm going to do cardio every single day, I'm going to work out six times a week and I'm going to eat lettuce for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Do you know what I mean? You would One, it's it's no smart at all, it's not sustainable, but it's... it's the small changes that make the difference of not buying the bars of chocolate and Chris. It's drinking that pint of water before you have your coffee in the morning. Walking those extra wee steps every single day. Take take the stairs instead of the escalator. Do you know what I mean? Like, walk to the shop instead of driving. Like, just small changes every single day accumulates to massive, massive change, and that's how you can eventually get that, end result that you've always wanted, and that, that comes with your mental health as well, if you want to touch back on that, like, these small changes, you have to be accepting to maybe try new things, mm-hmm. try those small different changes, try maybe breathing techniques, try maybe reading a book try maybe being a bit more creative meditation like i don't like i've not really done a lot of meditation but like i'm a big believer in breathing techniques i'm a big believer in in, like going even just going out a walk exercising If you never exercised before and you're dealing with mental health i cannot stress this to you enough enough that exercise will literally change your life change your life when it comes to your mental health because when it comes back to your mental health and anybody who's dealt with anxiety or depression the thing that we all struggle with is we don't have, we feel we don't we don't have control mm-hmm. and what the gym does as i said at the very very start and why i fell in love with the full process in the first place was i had the control I go into that gym, I have the control of what I'm doing. And when I started working out, I started to feel that like I was in control of my mind. I was in control of my thoughts. All I did was put my headphones in, listen to some music and I got the job done. I was going right, okay, so it's a bench press. Let's go do this. And and after that you're getting that those that endorphin release of endorphins. That's 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 the, the good happy hormone feel good hormone and that is no just some sort of hippy-dippy meditation stuff that I'm talking about. That's scientific fact. Yeah. That is what your brain chemically produces after you have done a run or a gym session or even just get out a walk sometimes. You you feel that and that's the, the the main thing of that sense of control. And that's what we need when when we are going through any sort of struggles with our mental health. We need to get back that control. So if you've never tried exercising do as we said. Start small. Yep. Go to the gym once. Get to the even. Don't even need to go a walk or do a massive workout. Get to the gym, go on a treadmill for twenty minutes. Then the next day, get into get into the gym and go on the treadmill and go on a machine and do a leg press. Small, small changes, especially when it comes to your exercise, has a massive effect on your mental health, and it will generally save your life. And the more and more you do it, the better you become. And it will give you that control that you solely are screaming out for. Trust me.
1: I want to jump back to the habit environments. That plays a massive role as well. As you said, yeah. it's like if you've got the chocolate in the house, the temptation's always there. It's like uh somebody who's maybe been in rehab and then goes goes back to hanging about with the same people, that temptation is always there to 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 go back on the, the drugs. Or if the opposite way, if If you're somebody who's trying to come off alcohol and go to AA meetings and all these other people are supporting each other and and staying off it, then you're more likely to kind
0: of yeah yeah you you adapt to your environment,
1: don't you? And it's the same with you when you go to the gym. If you went to the gym, start going to the gym, see all these people starting enjoying themselves and and exercise, then you think to yourself, right, I might be part of this. Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly, and I think that's why one of the things that why MTN so successful. And I think well, or even or even any like yourself or, you, or your own company and your own brand like people people don't just necessarily come to you. Of course, it's a result driven industry, and they want it. They want a result at the end of the day. Like that's that's a first and main goal. But a lot of people have came to MTN, came to me deal about fitness with you and your company. That because they feel part of something. Yeah. They, they feel part of a community. It's not about. It's no necessarily only about the result anymore it's about feeling part of that of being a something bigger than themselves and it comes to that whole aspect and if that's creating a positive reaction or a positive outcome then you're going to keep on doing it and it's as you said that you 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 become a product of your environment yeah and and if you're either dealing with bad habits or anxiety or whatever it is and you want to get fitter, it's very, very important that you get in and room that aspect of things and it's like I think that's another quote that somebody says if, um do try if you if you want to try and succeed to try do your utmost best to get in with the smartest person in the room or something like that. Or to get into that business meeting or whatever it is, even if it's taking the bins it do you know what I mean? Like get in that room with those people that you want to learn from or if you want to expand your knowledge or if somebody wants to be fitter, you get involved with those people because it will conduct and it will make you react in certain ways and become a part of that environment.
1: Yep, definitely. It's the same way, like, if you've got such a such an, a knowledge and your knowledge is way up and you with people down here, uh, you're not never going to progress whereas if you, no. if you hang with be the smartest who, person in the room yep as you say the smartest person in the room tell me three habits that you've either adapted during lockdown that you'll continue on or three that you think that you want to progress over period
0: oh, good question good on question the, on the spot Good question, mate. Um, Right, well, number one is what I spoke about, is using minimal effective dose. That is something that I have adapted um, as I spoke about, that I used to write a lot of big, massive, unrealistic lists, and I now break them down into five things, five or six things, prioritise them, and I get them done. That's number one, and I definitely think I'm going to be taking that going forward. Number two would be not comparing myself to other people. That's a that's a habit that I have always kinda of fell into the trap of. Um, especially people in the industry, um, comparing myself to tho- those other who's doing well. It's a good thing and it's a bad thing yeah, comparing yourself be. if it's giving you a a a, a bit of motivation to, to push on. Do you think that's regret? Do you
1: think it's a good way kinda if you're maybe looking at too many people and try to compare yourself it's just Follow the people that maybe inspire you more, and and unfollow the people that you feel you're comparing yourself. To and just follow the main people. Just think, right? These are the three people that I admire. I like what they do. Don't get caught up, because as you say, there's like there's that many out there that you can just keep comparing yourself to.
0: Yeah, you are, but you consume. Yeah. Um, you yeah, are what you consume and if that is something that you, you find that you're consuming on a daily basis it's creating negative impact, negative feedback to your head or your mental your mental thoughts or you're just it's, it's just giving you shit it's, you're, if you're following somebody and they're pissing you off or they're giving you shit on Instagram or you just feel negative and somebody's being negative all the time and you're not getting any value from those people Yep. don't fucking follow them follow people that's going to inspire you follow people that's going to make you hyped up when you look at their when you look at them you can go and you compare yourself to them this can be in a good way as I'll speak about and obviously a negative way in a minute um, you can compare yourself in a good way to them and get you hyped up and go I fucking want what they have I'm going to go out I'm going to do this this and this so I'm going to get it you can might even ask that person how they done that can you help me here I want, I want exactly what you have I want to be able to I want to you're smashing it in the PT industry, I'm going to ask you questions, yeah. I want to pick your, can I pick your brains, can you give me any advice, and get you hyped up, and, and progress in your own, and your own um, self-development, and it definitely is all about, you are what you consume, if you're consuming nonsense, you're more likely you're going to have, those negative thought patterns, if you're consuming net, like positivity, getting inspiration, feeling good, every time you're consuming something else, then that's exactly what you need to do.
1: I think that's when it comes back to trying not to focus on what's happening in the news as well because there is that much negativity that it can give you that kind of negative effect.
0: Mm-hmm. So, sure. well, my habit number two definitely well, would be not compare myself to others um, and take myself away from that situation. Understand that I they've got their own lane, I have my own lane, and exact same for anybody else listening. You are you, you, you you're your own person, you have your own thoughts, you have your own situation, and your own circumstances. Every single person's different. So do not compare yourself to anybody else. And it was I was saying it to my clients for a long time and I was, I was never implementing it for myself that comparison, comparison is a thief of joy. And I used to say it to my clients all the time but never actually implemented it to my own self. Yeah. Uh, and that's definitely something that I've learned during this time. Habit number three would probably be being able to take the foot off the gas a little bit, and understand that it's okay to allow myself to be present. Now, that, I'd probably say that to be more present—that's yeah. a habit that I've, I'm going to try and implement and be a lot better with in the future. Be a lot more present. I think with
1: I think my meditation that does help a lot with being that done it and helps being in the present moment and actually being yeah. able to go right, switch your yeah. phone off. But even techniques, relax and just take yeah. in. Try not to I take guess, in yeah. everything that's. 100 miles an hour like obviously with social media now and then when are posting things and and classes it's just here's constant 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 20 24 hours a day you try there should be a point where you can just go right i'm just going to switch off everything and
0: just for me especially like when when i start when before this kind of covid and lockdown happened um I was flat out. Like I've still got a full calendar of of clients. I have thirty online clients. It's it's a lot to deal with, and 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 it's it's, it's a it's a great great problem to have. I'm not I'm not complaining about it. It's a great problem to have. But I was flat out. I was a hundred mile an hour. Um, and my sleep my sleep wasn't great. Um, uh. I was maybe only getting six to five hours sleep a night. My 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 habits and stuff like that was okay. I was working out every single day, but I was flat out. I had no time for my my, my family. I had no time to spend with with my partner, and my my dog, and, and all these other all these other different things that now I feel that I can. And it's this has taught me that this is something that I need to take forward in my day to day life because the reason being when I. It's all good being a hundred mile an hour and it's all good being gone flat out but you need to learn how when when to go and when not to go and it's and again something Jamie Altman says, it's it's easy to go a hundred mile an hour. Yes. It's easy to be it's easy to do the extreme. What is what is difficult was the balance. Balance is really, really hard. Really hard when you are trying to progress in a business, try to progress in your physique. You want to work out, you want and it's try to find that balance of family life and personal life and downtime and getting everything balanced, nice and even. It's easy to go hundred mile an hour yeah. because then all things get forgotten about. So it's definitely something that's taught me that it's okay to to do so and take the foot off the gas because in a byproduct of that, I then become more productive. Yeah. Yes, it might not seem at the time that I'm going hundred mile an hour and and I need, I need to get everything done right now. I'm no sleeping, I'm on that hashtag hustle, I'm, I'm working all the hours under the sun, I'm running myself into the, into the ground, soon enough, soon enough things burn out and yeah. you then become very, very unproductive, like I was, I, I looked busy, I felt busy and I think I was filling that void with pretending, I was, I was busy and I was filling a lot of things that I know I should have been getting done with, busyness of clients and social media and all that sort of stuff but I think if I learn how to take foot off the gas and no need to reply to a client at 11 o'clock at night through a WhatsApp and, and no reply to every single message, no, no feeling the need that I need to post every single day and it's okay not to, to miss a day or two if, if I need to, if I've got other things there that's prioritised because yeah. um, it allows me to prioritise when I take my foot off the gas a little bit and when you prioritise things and you have more time, you become a lot more productive and you then flourish from that so I definitely think that's something I'm going to take in third and final habit going forward is definitely being able to learn how to take the foot off the gas and be a bit more present of what is happening. Yeah,
1: it's a, it was actually a podcast I listened to, Jamie Alderman's... <laughs> it was actually <laughs> a, thing was a that <laughs> podcast I listened to, Jamie Alderman's, when he speaks to James Clear, offer the author of Atomic Habits, and he said that he's actually knocked him off his mobile phone in nearly five or six years. So he goes on the family holiday, switched off the mobile phone, and managed to be in the present moment and relax and enjoy his holiday. Now, he says when he came back, he caught up with all the news that he'd missed within 15 minutes. So, as much as you think, like, I'm missing out, I need to be on social media, I need to see what's happening when, really, you could catch up with all the the, the real news, the things that are important out there, you could probably catch up with in 15 minutes. So, don't get caught up in all the, kind of, everything on social media. It can be... As we said at the start, it can be a, a slippery slope when it comes to mental health, with not being able to just switch off and just get away from everything. Um, so let's talk about what you're, what to expect. Obviously, we're still on this lockdown period, but what will be happening with um, Dale Burke over the next few months once this all gets sorted? <laughs>
0: Well, for me, um, the biggest thing that I'm pushing on is definitely this project that I'm working on. Um, I don't actually know what exactly it's going to be yet, but it's definitely something going to be involved with what we were speaking about, and I don't really want to give too much away, but um, that's the next thing for me. It's definitely going to be some form of project that people can can get involved with, and I generally think it's going to help a lot of people. Uh, hopefully it has a, a massive impact and that's definitely something that's going to be getting pushed over the next the next few weeks. If I can get this done for a time, the lockdown is done, then great. But I'm not going to rush it yeah. because it's something that's massively important to me. Um, also, I think I think going forward, I've got a few different projects lined up in terms of what I want to run in terms of. Um, like physique and body body transformations, working with MTN, taking on more online clients as well. Uh, and there's, there's there's so much going on right now in terms of MTN as a as a collective and what we are getting up to is you've probably seen on the socials this morning as well, there's a few different things in the pipeline where um which is gonna be which is going to be pretty massive to be honest with you, mate. It's it's definitely looking positive and to to be honest with you, I'm really I'm really excited to get back to try and implement these new things and get things started and kicked off and and really try and make things and no forget this thing and, and yeah. put the things I've learned in this time to, to, to practice me. I think that's the but thing I mean,
1: is you need to take the stuff that you've learned over this period and then implement it. But I, again, it's I've not I've not done much online coaching. I'm starting to do quite a bit of it now, but I still I still missing going into the gym and in that environment. As I said, it's all about being in that environment and, and bouncing off other people and um, actually yeah. seeing your clients face to face is a wee bit different from talking yeah. to them over on Zoom. It's, it's just that interaction. But
0: hopefully, 100%. hopefully I, think, I I'll think before we go as well, yeah, I think yeah, that's definitely be... what another thing that I'm going to be pushing on as well, is just investing in someone. I think we mean, you spoke about it. Um, before we got on and, and investing in and myself a wee bit more over the next year as well, just investing in. I've already been doing that um, anyway. We've done that last year uh, and we, we we're all invested in going away to San Diego and going to these talks and um, investing in a lot of these self-development things. And I think that's something that I'm going to be focusing on as well, focusing on more on myself and developing my knowledge and, and expanding my, my knowledge over the next year. Um, so I can then help more people. That's definitely something that's on the on the cards.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I see you, I'll I'll ping it over to you as well and just see if it's any use to you. Um, right. Thanks for coming on. It's been a good talk. I think I've took a lot it's away from it. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Definitely enjoyed it. Um, as I said, hope hopefully everything goes back to normality soon. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with you over the next few months. Yeah, you anyway. too,
0: mate. Thanks for having me on, mate. I really appreciate it. No
1: worries at all. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Cheers.